welcome, one and all, to yet another mar not even just another movie review, but another Marvel movie review that I, I actually have been looking forward to for quite some time. Mm-hmm. It's the best kind um, of movie review. Before we get into this, though, I need you to understand, I literally, I just discovered this, like, right this second, while I was looking through that app I was just telling you about. Um, there's such a thing as nerds candy corn. Wait, um, what? <laughs> yeah, and I'm fucking ordering some right now because <laughs> I just sounds... want to try it. It sounds awful. I gotta tell you. Yeah, I don't know. I like nerds, and candy corn is surprisingly not the worst thing. I love candy corn. Man. Yeah, I don't understand why everybody fucking hates it so much. It's not my favorite, but it's not terrible. I have a friend yeah. whose favorite it is, and when she has it, I have it. And it's not the worst thing. Um. Okay. So, Speaking yeah, of things that I don't think were the worst, we're yeah, here to talk about the Eternals today. We're here to talk about the Eternals, which I actually I don't know why you thought this, but I did not hate this movie. I I don't know You're why just, you were like afraid I was gonna hate this movie. You're just picky sometimes, I and am, yeah. these are the types of like I like right up front. My basic take on this movie was like I really liked it, and. I get what people are whining about and I'm really interested and excited to dig into it. And I came out of it like, all right, I'm willing to put all of that aside. I thought this was great. Is Scott yeah. going to not be able to put it aside? No, well, oh man, there's a lot of things <laughs> that like, it. Uh, yeah, like, so we're going to, yeah, so we're talking about Eternals. Um, we do have a comment though that I want, I want Lindsay to read because she got it earlier. We do. And I actually think it's fucking hilarious. It's incredible. We've received an email from our listener, Chris, um, not Chris, who we had in our last episode. And uh, yeah. dear behind the timeline, Bert from Mary Poppins is Tom Bombadil. Hot it, fucking I, take. It so is, but it's so almost makes sense. Like Bert doesn't have powers. No, but I mean, Tom Bombadil's powers are, are most ambiguous and I could totally see Bombadil in like a future time you know, operating the way that Bert does. He's just like a oh, yeah. of magic. Like he yeah. knows Mary Poppins. He's not surprised by her. I can totally I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of okay with this. Like as honestly, and we talk, I talk about this all the time with Andrew and uh, Chris's wife. And uh, I fucking hate Tom Bombadil because I don't understand him. And he is the least explained character in literature. I think yeah. of all time. Maybe he puts but the I, ring that's... on and literally nothing happens. And I'm just like, can we fuck dude, you spent four pages telling me all the cheeses in Bilbo's <laughs> cabinet, but you can't tell me why that happened? Come on. First of all, I am gonna stand hard on this for the official record. Tolkien spends four pages discussing no such thing. The entire story is only a thousand pages long. That includes everything that you see in the movies and then some. And I promise you, there are no four pages dedicated to anybody's cheese. There is nothing but action happening in Lord of the Rings. It's That's all so compressed. It it's so only a thousand true. pages. There's not that much <laughs> meandering. Anyway, the point is, I'm really excited for us to dig into Bombadil because I think the important thing is, like you said, you don't understand it, yeah, and that's why it's obnoxious. Him. And that's what's exciting to talk about. So we will eventually have a long talk about Bombadil and. I'm really enjoying just kind of our ongoing quest to determine what Mary Poppins is. So now I, I think we have two really good contenders. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
it's just it's never ending. We're never gonna get to the bottom of Mary Poppins. She's either Bombadil or she's it. So she's, she's the eternal Tootsie Pop of characters. They're I like just, it. We'll never get to the che- the Chewy Center. So but, keep sending us ideas on what Mary Poppins yeah. is, and in the Who's meantime, maybe going? she's an Eternal. Who oh knows? my god! I actually was just about to say that maybe she is a fucking Eternal. It's <laughs> not. It doesn't lack sense. So we can kind of keep that in mind as we go through this. So, um, let's let's dive right into this movie. Um, yes. I actually do have a plot summary. It's very short. Good. So. After thousands of years of lying dormant, the deviants have returned, and there's only one group of superheroes who can stop them. Too bad none of them are together anymore. Join most of our heroes on an epic quest to get the gang back together, and, in a surprise twist, abandon their true mission and save the world rather than oversee its destruction. And that's as simple as I could make this, because this plot was fucking crazy. (laughs) There was a lot happening in this movie. This was kind of all over the place, man. I mean, the general plot really is... You know, they have to get the band back together to stop the emergence of the the deviants, or so we thought. And right. that right there is where the for all time always spoilers come in. Obviously, you. you guys are listening to this with the intent to spoil the movie. Or hopefully you've seen it and you just want to know our take on it. Because uh, it's Sunday and I will be putting this out tomorrow. I'm yeah, not I waiting say another it. week. Yeah. We've all seen it. Put it out tomorrow. Um and yeah full spoilers for this thing so Mm -hmm. yeah it gets it's that is the whole thing right they're back together they think they got rid of all the deviants and then a deviant shows up and they all like get the gang back together and then they find out that it's the that the end of the world is coming and that's the goal and that's supposed to be their job they're basically just farmers wiped yeah, of humans which they're not stoked to find out about and sucks Mm -hmm. that they probably have been not stoked to find out about that millions of times yeah that they've done that a bunch of times yeah that's yeah. kind of insane yeah this is them kind of breaking out of their loop dolores style which i think is cool yeah but uh my biggest like the first thing that i want to hit on here is just how much i think that this was made for disney plus i think that's the problem like the i think that the issue that people are having here is that first of all it's different from the rest of the MCU formula, and I think we need that. So yeah, good. it's the Guardians of the Galaxy of Phase Four. Totally. Phase five. Yeah, we're, we're, in, phase we're four. in Phase Four. Yeah, it's the Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy of of this phase. It was a movie that no one knew anything about these characters, and you know we have to. They have, they're not trying to jump the shark necessarily because this was a pretty formulaic movie, and I I'll touch on it a lot more actually with the villains. Um. But this actually did have a very fresh, different take, too. Which I liked. And the look. It didn't have the same... Yeah. I like how the Eternals, aesthetically, really separate themselves from the rest of the galactic universe that we're used mm-hmm. to, right? Where we see, yeah. like, the Guardians of the Galaxy color scheme, which I love the way they brought that into, like, Ragnarok, for instance. And they're just kind of creating a continuity yeah. around what space looks like. But... I like how this was different. They still had bright colors, but they really differentiated themselves as being like, no, we're not, this isn't this like petty God of Thunder bullshit. Like we're really seriously powerful. I think what I noticed most is like their armor and their ship is very granite-like. Yeah. And yeah, hard edges. Like, yeah, and that's like a very constant theme in this movie because that's what happens to Tiamat. 
is he literally, she turns him into a giant block of granite. So cool. It was very cool. I really liked that. Um, I actually enjoy that quite a bit. But I just really thought that, like, I think I think people are kind of like, I think everyone would have lost their fucking minds if it was just the same thing over again. I think we're all I done agree. with the old formula. And uh, change is hard. So poor you, critics, who, who ditched on this one. Or, you know, I know. That's, I don't... Like, whatever to that, that's not even an argument I want to like worry about that much. Like it was different and I liked that for it. And I, I liked everything about the way that it was different. Where I think people are having a hard time is that we didn't get enough time with each of the characters. It's a lot of people to drop at once. And I like the way that that's done because it's very like the Umbrella Academy is like one of my favorite shows. And we get the same thing in the opening of the Umbrella Academy. It's like, here's seven people who you need to figure out who the fuck they are. But yeah. we're going to do that over the next 10 hours or whatever it is. And I, th- I think even if this was like a six episode Disney Plus show, better yet if it's 10 so that we can get time with each of the characters. But I wanted like way more flashbacks. We could have had like an episode that focused on a different character or a different theme or a different time period or whatever and done like kind of an Orange is the New Black, This Is Us kind of thing where we fade in and out between the flashbacks and the main story. And I just, I think this would have done so fucking well on TV and we just didn't have the time to do everything that it needed to do. I think it was a good idea to make it a movie to to introduce new characters in a movie rather than a TV show because if you go back and we look at the examples of other times Marvel's tried to introduce you know characters starting in a TV show that are part supposed to be part of the MCU the first thing that comes to mind is the Inhumans and oh my god what an awful show. Okay, but like, what if we just isolate the argument to Disney Plus because it's obviously another level now that they have their own service. Right, and I still... That would have made it a little bit better, but I don't think it would have resolved it enough for me to be... Like, I, I would be fine if they get a show after this. I hear you. Like, I... I think having it be a movie first adds gravitas to like these are important characters and you're I right. Agree. You don't want to yeah. introduce this many characters on TV is tough. Cause I was going to say, what about Kamal Khan's going to be introduced on TV or Sylvie or, but then, you know, they're being carried by, by the familiar characters. Like it would have been a big risk to have this come out, especially now, like maybe in two years yeah. on Disney plus, but like to have planned for that. Cause remember this movie has been delayed a lot. Like it originally sure. should have come out, around the time like not like around time the time that WandaVision year. did, you know, on Disney well, yeah. Plus. Like Disney Plus Marvel shows would have been a lot newer. So I get that that doesn't I I just think it would have been great. I wanted like a lot more time with all of this. Like I needed way more speedster. And I really liked Oh my her god, I loved Makari. She was so cool, right? Makari was so sick. And I I love this is probably my favorite of any speedster in anything i've ever seen i love the way that they use her powers i know right like she's saving people left and right um i like the way that she like speed punches everybody i think like all speedsters it's it's still like okay a lot of this plot could have been solved depending on how fast she is which we don't know so i was able to give it a lot of like like when you're watching the flash and it's like okay for sure like this whole plot should be over (laughs) I know. Yeah, this shouldn't even. Why is he even getting hit by anything? This is so dumb. Yeah, I like that scene. 
okay, and I feel really bad that I was thinking about a completely different show while I was watching this movie. When she's fighting Icarus, and she's just coming at him from every fucking angle, and even, like, he is supposed, he is the perfect soldier. And he's the strongest one of them alive, because Gilgamesh is dead. Um, even he can't figure out where she is. He has to, he just hopes to get lucky with the shot that, at the sand, that knocks her backwards. Because eventually yeah. she's going to hit that part and it's just going to explode and that's what happens. What I think is really dumb is if you remember back to the first season of The Flash when Multiple Man appears and he just makes multiple copies of himself in the lobby of the fucking lab building, Barry just gets his ass kicked by all of them. Yeah, and I'm Barry. like, dude, you're so fast. There is no reason any of these guys should have been able to hit you. No, no. There's, I, I can't really make many excuses for a lot of what's going on in that show. Like, there's, I know that's true. There's some moments where you can justify it, but a lot of it is just like, I guess, or we have to have a plot. I mean, it's the same reason as they broke Quicksilver's legs in fucking the last oh. X Men movie that Fox did. That's true. I did actually. They're think like, about that. nah. He solves the plot. <laughs> Knock out his knees. Yeah. They're like, um, yeah. You're just you're too you're too a list for this, buddy. You're gonna have to sit this one out. They do literally break his legs, don't they? Like, I know. Yeah, like, I'm no, pretty sure no they do. More. I think he's in crutches. He's just so overpowered. But that's why I love speedsters, and I did like that. We don't. I mean, I imagine she's pretty fucking fast, but it was really clear that her priority was like she was keeping everybody safe through a lot of it, which was cool. Yeah. And she was showing up. I wanted way more of her. I want a whole episode about her crazy, like little mermaid den where she keeps all the shit she found in the human world. Oh my world. God, dude, that was my favorite part. As soon as fast us was like, is that a sarcophagus in my laboratory? I was like, Oh, we're about to find some cool ass shit in here. When they went there, I was, cause obviously I'm like waiting for the speedster, like from the moment the movie began. Right. Yeah. And we didn't get enough of her. And when they got to their ship, I was like, um, are you fucking kidding me? Cause I didn't realize she was in there. I was like, I believe you forgot someone assholes. Like I yeah, thought they were I just like going into their mission. I, oh, I just wanted a lot more of her. And I really like like her relationship with, um, Druig, who was like, a really interesting character as well. Like he definitely has so, those, like, ethical dilemmas. He to me presented the greatest moral compass conflict. But my my problem with him is he is very black and white. And while normally that's good, Marvel isn't about black and white. Right. And his whole thing about, like, I thought about mind-controlling the whole planet, um, but they're, they're not human if they don't have their flaws. And I'm like, so why are you mind-controlling an entire city in the rainforest? Like, why aren't you just letting them develop this way? I like, he, like, it I just know. It was weird to me that he acknowledges that they need their flaws to be who they are and maintain their identity, but then he, like, totally counteracts that by doing the opposite. I think he, it, the way that I took it, and again, we needed, we still kind of needed this to be on TV so that we could have found <laughs> out more, but uh, he needed his own episode. But the way that I took it was that he had stayed, they said that where he was in the Amazon was the same place as where they all separated in like the 1500s mm -hmm. or whatever time it was yeah. at that point. And so the way I took it, he kept this like ancient civilization 
pretty intact. He like stopped them from infighting and kind of kept other people out. And that's what he controlled them to do was just not to go to war with and to stay isolated. And yeah. then the rest of their conflicts they were probably allowed to have, but it seemed like there was like a really tight boundary around like what they were able to do in order to prevent like mass violence. I don't know. That's true. That's fair. They I can like and I I can get behind that because we see him do that. And he literally takes the entire city with him when they all split up. Yeah, and he forces them to defend the city later after over the Davians. Yeah, when the and they're Davians like, let them arrive. go, what the fuck? But he's like, for so I imagine that it probably looked like that. Like if people tried to invade their space, he would have used his power. Or if there was infighting, he used his power. But like otherwise was just their benevolent leader, I guess. I don't know. It needed more time, but I really liked him. I really liked the speedster. Um, I really liked Selma Hayek a lot. Oh my god, dude. Selma Hayek is the perfect mom. Right? She was the best mom. She was... And I really liked her. She was. And I'm, I'm actually really glad that she was the leader and not Angelina Jolie. Same. Do you like Angelina Jolie? Just if you had to give it a thumbs up, down, or right in the middle, what, what are you giving Angelina? I'm honestly right in the middle. I, there are some things she's in that I'm just like, God, shut up, please. Just please, just shut up. But then yeah. there's other stuff where I'm like, I'm so behind this. Like, dude, I still, to this day, I might have hated the movie, but I think she was the perfect choice for Maleficent. She was, 100%. Like, yeah. the, like I kind of liked her in that. Most of the time, I don't like her. But yeah, I, I, I really yeah. liked her in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Um, yeah. But I... In this, I my favorite storyline actually was hers, because it shows yeah. that they are they are like tools. Basically, he Aramesh doesn't see them as anything but like a tool for the the greater good of the galaxy, and he it completely ignores their their own personal wants and desires, and like their you know their personalities and stuff. He essentially gives them humanity while denying it at the same time. And yeah, I think that's why the end of it was so cool for me was he was like, I'm going to spare them, but their survival is based on your memories of them. Yeah. And were they really worth it? And, and yeah, yeah. I really liked her little arc too. I, I thought her power was cool. I love I her fucking power, dude. Oh my God. Her power is so fucking lit. And I like how, like, maybe this is kind of why she didn't bother us for Jolilis. Like, she didn't talk much. She's, she really didn't. Yeah, she was she's just a good going actress. insane. Or, yeah, she was. Like, she and is I, actually I, a good actress. So the fact that she wasn't, like, being all Angelina Jolie in my face, yeah. but also, like, she really did a good job with that character and and Thena's struggles. And I really liked her relationship with Gilgamesh. Like, their whole thing was... Mm -hmm. Awesome. I really liked all of the partnerships. They did a really good job of because they only had you know two two and a bit hours, whatever they had, almost three, um, of yeah, kind of chunking so the characters. I know, but also not enough. I'm I really <laughs> wanted more of it. Yeah. I wanted it to be like six hours long and on television. But I I like how they chunked the characters so that they could kind of group some of these storylines without um 
like but oh, like, wasting time trying stuff. to give everybody like new that's their own individual thing well that, and also right? like by creating family bonds like it makes yeah. it better to put them together and it's more expeditious to get through the plot yeah exactly and i do like that Drug and Makari are like a thing. <laughs> I love how they make fun of it. Too. They're like, wait, hold up, hold on, wait, wait, hold on. Is this like a thing? This is new. I'm not like, <laughs> I'm not okay with this. Yeah. I loved it. I loved that they totally were a thing. And mm-hmm. I just loved what was her name? Makari. Makari, M A K K R A R I. Her, of course, because of her, uh, because she doesn't speak, you, you hear her name the least often, right? And she's she's deaf, so you hear her yeah. name the least often. They don't say it out loud that much to her. Well, and that's the other cool thing about this movie, is this movie was a first of a lot of things. And all of it just fucking worked, dude. It was Fastos so good. Fastos being gay, her being deaf. Just I love their them... sign language. I want something, I okay, if anybody who is listening... um knows asl or any of the other major sign languages please let us know like how much of this if any was asl and how much of this is like made up like this sign language in the board. oh yeah because there's like there's words in there like tiama and erishem there's they have to explain like the domo ship and i want to well, know like, also, how like, they explain did that did she stuff. bring a like sign language to people like she needed an episode like or because she yeah. had that going in right that was something that she was like that was her language as an eternal I feel like, so I'm like, is it the same? Did she teach? I just, there's so much there that I wanted, but I agree. I, this was an incredibly, incredibly diverse cast and I loved it. I mean, even Angelina Jolie, I like just, just in terms of everything, like ability and mental health and like sexual orientation and ethnicity and nationality it well, was just and really I, cool, and I like how they let everybody ride with their accents, right? Like, well, that's yeah, like, that was they just were like, Kingo is he's he's Indian. Uh, Icarus has an Irish accent. Icarus, I think, was Scottish. Scottish. Yeah, he's but, a Scottish accent. Um, I, th- I couldn't figure out what Druig had. It Druig has an Irish where, accent. Yeah, it sounded like it sometimes, and then other times he just was talking normal. And I'm His like, was Irish. I just don't know if he is Irish. It oh. may not have been a very good Irish accent. I don't know why they would have him do anything different. Like if he's not Irish, like like Selma Hayek had her accent, um, and uh, I don't know Gilgamesh. Didn't he have an uh, Gilgamesh is Korean? Accent? Yeah, he was Korean. Yeah. yeah. Um, just it was just I loved all of it, and this is our first like all the way out. We're not. There's no question mark around this LGBT character in Disney, which I think is great. Yeah, it just was. And that's the thing. Like, it wasn't focused on. It just was a part of his story. And that's how you need to do it. Well, just like everybody's. I mean, just like your life is just your life, right? Yeah, like, that's like, that's what I mean. Yeah, it was it was so well done. And one of my favorite characters for sure was... Uh, I cannot remember. Is it... The Bollywood guy, Raman. Oh, that's uh, Kumail Nanjani. Kumail Nanjani, thank you. In the movie, his name is Kingo. Names. Um, I loved him. I thought he was really funny. And I did, like, when this movie wanted me to laugh, I fucking did. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah. It was definitely funny. I didn't mind the, the, like, heavier tone overall of the movie. Like, there were definitely fewer laughs than most of your Marvel movies. But I was okay with that. And I laughed when they intended me to. And... He was the character that made me laugh most of the time, and I really liked him until he just cowered it out and just walked out of the third act. Like, what the fuck was that? 
Yeah, I I understand his like point of view, and I I did really like that he he was like I I still believe in what I believe, but I'm not going to tell you guys what to believe, and I'm not going to fight you over it. So I yeah. I did like that he stood by that. I think that was that was huge. Um, and that right there, honestly, is is probably why I had the biggest problem with Sprite. That was probably my biggest issue with Sprite. See, was and she- that I kind of liked, but now you're kind of talking me into liking Kang. No, what was his sorry? Kango. Kango. Um names, guys. But I really I actually That's like, actually the real reason I'm here, guys, is just so she knows the name of the people that were in the episode. It's true, because otherwise I got fucking nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but um I I guess you're right. They did say that, like that he was like it wasn't that he was scared. It was that he was like, no, I actually agree, but I'm not. I'm gonna be Switzerland in this and walk. Yeah, and exactly. I missed him being in the end though. Like he had a cool power too. Like I was kind of like loved his like, power, but I liked that he was back around in the end. That they were all together. He was there mm-hmm. um, when they left off Sprite. Which yeah, let's. I kind of liked the Sprite thing. But, but you didn't like it? Like, what? Uh, tell me what you think. I don't know. I, I think I need to know what you think first. Uh, I I obviously enjoyed the Peter Pan reference. I God, that was so much. funny. He just, yeah. dude, the funniest part is that he just brings it up. There's yeah. no, like, he's not trying to be subtle or anything. He's just like, have you ever seen Peter Pan? And I actually, for a split <laughs> second, was about to be like, dude, he's going to call her Peter Pan. That's so fucking amazing. That's what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But the, the Tinkerbell reference made a lot more sense. So I yep. immediately really liked that. Mm-hmm. I think that, um, first of all, I want to point out the most obvious re- like thing about this movie in terms of review. Um, Rob Stark is a fucking smoke show. 10 out of 10. Holy oh, dude, he shit. Slayed it. Yeah. He yeah. Slayed sorry. It. Icarus is really, really an incredible, incredibly beautifully human. So... First of all, I get it. I feel like if I spent 7,000 years going through fucking puberty around him, I would also feel that way. Yeah. But that's the thing. She doesn't. She doesn't get older. She doesn't go through those things. She's a robot, basically. I know. I'm just being... Because I know but, she's not... No, I know. And I... Puberty. That's, <laughs> but you I know what I mean? If you're unable... Like, you are unable to satisfy that, though. Like, she's never had sex in this time frame. You think the rest of them aren't getting laid? Like, she's the only one who is not able to have a romantic relationship, really, at all. Because what's she going to do? Date a child? Like, that's ridiculous. So, there's... She's had to be the most alone. Everyone else, I'm sure, has had lovers over the years and jobs. And she doesn't get to do any of those things. And she has to move every five years because people notice. So she's like the most alone. So I for sure understand like falling in love with one of the only people who can like understand you and gets you and who you can really talk to. And also who is a 10 out of 10 smoke show. And like, of course it's Icarus. Like why wouldn't you have a crush on Icarus? So I get that. <laughs> I mean, you can't I mean, argue with like, we I'm all arguing that it, have a crush on it, him, right? <laughs> no. And I, I totally get that part. And that part makes perfect sense to me. I think where I take issue with her whole story is, First of all, it never gets brought up until Kingo points it out. And then we're just supposed to be like, oh, is this like a weird love triangle? That's odd. 
And then she just goes with him. And she only goes with him because she's in love with him. Not because she agrees with him, but because she's in love with him. Okay, so here's where I think I can help. The way that I see it is she goes with him not not because like she's in such true love or like in a like bad feminism way of like in a Disney princess way of like I love yeah. you and I'll do anything. Like I don't think it's like that. I think it's like she's so blinded by the fact that she's had this unrequited thing with him for like 7,000 years. And I don't see it as a love triangle. I see it as her personal problem, right? Like it doesn't have anything to do with anybody else really. But I think no, that but she's then so she makes blinded. it a personal problem or she makes it a love triangle because she fucking, then this is the other problem I had. Stabs Cersei. She stabs Cersei and then nothing well, happens. So I think that she does that because she really believes that he's right. Similar to what uh, Kingo thinks, but handles it differently because she's in love with him and blinded by that. She's like, not only am I so blind right now that I think he's right, but I'm going to go with him because I'm so passionate and full of rage and bullshit right now. I feel like it's, it's like the, the same thing as what you're right about with Kingo, but it's just executed in this like really ridiculous way because of, because she's being blinded by her emotions. Yeah. I mean, and I'm fine. That part, I I guess I'm okay with. Like in the in the grand scheme of the story, I'm okay with that. I think my biggest problem is that, first of all, that wound is bad, really bad. And her just turning the blade into water doesn't do anything to the wound. No, it that that literally did nothing. How did she, she still survive? got it. Yeah, how did she live through that? She would have been bleeding out the entire fight. I mean, maybe... The only thing I think is lucky. that she had Ajax's orb, and it, that gave her Ajax power, but we know that's not true, because Crow has her power, because he heals himself all the time. Yeah, that was a little weak. I mean, you would have to just assume that it, like, missed, like, all of her intestines and major organs, and she's not uh, bleeding I internally. The only thing I can think, well, and so that's, here's the final thing I, I'm going to say about Sprite. I promise. No. Um, <laughs> she was super, super interesting. Like, go on. She I'm not, was. I'm not rushing I, off of her. I do like that she was their storyteller and she was like their illusionist and stuff. Um, and that was really funny and it made for really funny parts, but her just if this was all about like them wanting to be together and restart their like lives with a clean slate by surviving the birth of Tiamat and then you know hitting the reset button and becoming eternal somewhere else she is so ready and willing to kill Cersei yeah that it just didn't feel right to me I agree that that was not great, especially because they had, like, they were a little pairing in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, I So she I lived agree. with her, but she hated her the whole time? That never comes up. I just, I don't know. I thought, as far as everybody's or, story, that was honestly the weakest part to me. I think that that is really fair. And because it's, it's, that kind of infighting among, among women over men is never great. 
So I agree. I think that, yeah. that that for sure could have been better. What I did really empathize or not empathize with, that would be wild, um, sympathize with. Yeah, that'd be insane. Yeah. <laughs> what, was just how hard her life did suck being a kid forever. Like yeah. I, I hated that. And, and the, I, if it wasn't for like real world shit, um, I would agree with you that they should not have let her off the hook and she should not have been given like, I thought it was really convenient that it was like, Sprite, I can fix that for you. Bang here. Now you're a real girl. I'm like, mm, is that because the actress is going to be like 30 by the time this comes out because of COVID delays? Literally other than kill her off. Right. Yeah. Well, and now they don't have to use her. She's gone. She also, and this, I, I actually took immediate notice of this. Even though she was an Eternal, because she is now just a regular human, Erishim does not take her. Yeah, you're right. Well, she doesn't have any more powers, right? Exactly. He, she is just a regular thing now. He, she is of mm -hmm. no use to him, despite her knowing everything she knows. They should have, she should have just said, I've given you the power of now you're going to age. Yeah, even that, I would have been like, I can give you a new body, or I can give you, like, I can, we can do something about it. But her making her a real boy just doesn't really, like... No, I, she should have kept her powers, but been yeah. given the ability to age, because that fixed the problem of the actress aging. Just let the actress, but, like, let yeah. that be the thing that's happening, and I'm sure there's, like, a whole ton of fun puberty jokes that we can make along the way. Like, oh, my God, just, dude. You know, why not just do that and have her back in the sequel, but... But, that would have been perfect. She's like, wait, you guys didn't have to go through this. This sucks. And, yeah. and all that shit. And then she can be like, or if, even even better, if she was like, I'm going to let you choose the age you want to stop. Or like you want to be. So when you get to a point where you feel like that's what you want to be forever. Because like Cersei looks like she's like 30. Mm -hmm. By the way, I love Gemma Chan. I, oh my I, God, I, know. I, I love her and I like Loki one of my favorite just on in the background movies is Crazy Rich Asians I, I watched that last movie. night God I love that movie dude that movie is so great it's so good and she's great in it um, yeah she is and, and yeah Cersei was like our protagonist character and she was cool I um I really liked her power I, th I liked everybody's powers. I really like watching. A I like a group of people using a bunch of crazy different powers. I, I know. I wish that I had ten hours of it. Of, I feel really bad saying this because he was a badass. He was a total badass. But the weakest, and it's not by any means weak. Just like in terms of interestingness, the least interesting power was actually Gilgamesh's. He was just 100%. really strong. That was it. Power, he just he just was really strong. It looked a lot like the Ten Rings, didn't it? Dude, okay, real talk. I genuinely thought that they were about to explain where Shang-Chi's rings came from. Str when Fastos was like, I can make these real quick. And then I'm like, motherfucker, dude, we don't know where these came from even more now. Dude, and what was so what was Fastos's power exactly? Like I understand that he was like an, an He's engineer. an engineer. Yeah. But, like, was his power to, like, use the gold glowy shit in his hands to just create something? Like, he could just be like, here's an engine, and now it's real. Like, was he a 3D printer? Basically. Yeah. He is the smartest of all of them, which I loved his fucking flashback to being a member of the Manhattan Project. That was so fucking sick. I know, right? That was, literally, that was probably my favorite flashback. Because, it, first of all, it shows the horrors of people coming to terms with the nightmares that they create. 
Especially yeah. like what Oppenheimer said. Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds. It's literally what he said when they completed the the atomic bomb. Yeah. And seeing Fastos actually live this shit and lose his faith in humanity was so awesome. Yeah, it because it was real. It was a me. real fucking thing. Yeah, it wasn't right. just like, wow, these people suck. Yeah, well, everything that they looked at was real. They were in the gardens of Babylon. It was fucking sick. Like, well, okay, that's ostensibly real, right? But like, well, I, yeah. that's that's probably was a thing that existed. I mean, she said she. They said they knew King Arthur, and he had a crush on Thena. So, like, He's there's fair. a lot of extended stuff here. Well, the King Arthur stuff leads us a little bit into the next thing that I want to talk about with some of the post credits. Yes. I want to talk about this guy as a character as well as the post credit scene. But is there anybody from the main crew that we have not touched on that we want to? Did we forget anybody? No. I don't. I think we're good. Oh, one more thing I did actually want to bring up. Um, that just, as far as the like finale of the movie just didn't make sense to me. I didn't like that Icarus killed himself. I, well, I, I thought that was yeah, really dumb. I also didn't like that. And I think we should. Icarus is kind of the one that we haven't talked about. But let's save that for when we talk about the Deviants too. Because I, yeah. I think we have like a longer discussion about the villains to have here. Um, but let's let's do talk about our one side character, Kit Harrington, who uh, I really. D- yeah. And so I am going to say my piece and then ask you to explain to me what in the fuck is going on because I don't know from the comics and I I have like obviously looked it up a little bit since like I kind of get it but not really and I know the King Arthur stuff ties into that but when I was watching the movie I was like all right cool so Kit Harrington, like, this is hard. This, that's where the love triangle was supposed to be, right? And I'm like, but they're not thought, really. Yeah, and then she's like, I love you, Icarus, on the same place that we, which I also was surprised about, had a sex scene in Marvel. That's I, crazy. I was no. like, oh my god, okay. Actual intercourse took place. It was, in, and but they didn't have a fuck. And just, they had no, they, it was like the end. Yeah, but they, uh, they. I lost my train of thought. Sorry. I'm like, yeah, they did have a sex scene in this movie. You're right. The love triangle <laughs> Kit Harrington. So, thank you. Yeah. That was so I, the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, so like, they're not really playing this up. Right. Like, obviously the love, like, she's not exactly like in crisis about cheating on Kit yeah. Harrington. <laughs> like whether she should be like, she didn't seem to be concerned about that. He called her once and she buttoned him and that was the last it was like, and that's yeah. over. So it, it really did not seem as though she was that worried about it. I definitely felt like if Icarus hadn't turned out to be bad, she would have like left Kit Harrington for, for Icarus. She would have like, you know, left Jon Snow for Rob Stark and. Or Jon Snow. John Schneer knows nothing. He truly knew nothing in this. And I know. Like, well, he, that's not true. He knew things and was like, I have secrets that I keep from you. Oh my God. Yeah. So I was, the whole, the, my point is that I was like, there has to be, he has to be something. Like, they, the post credit mm-hmm. scene has to be about this guy because what is it that he's like holding back? And also, like, why the fuck do we care? Because Cersei certainly didn't seem to care. So explain to me. What the fuck is Black Black Knight? That's what we. That's what's His happening. His name is the Black Knight. So he is the descendant of the original Black Knight. So, all right, everything is tied to the sword at in the post credit scene. That sword is called the Ebony Blade, and they mention it in the middle of the movie when they first find Makari aboard the Domo, and uh, Sprite and Thena are looking through all this shit, and Thena finds a sword, which for those of you who are historically inclined will recognize it as a sword of the Knights of Camelot. Um, it has the Camelot crest on the 
on the hilt of the or the butt of the hilt and it has the cross guard designed like the cross from Catholicism. And then Athena or Athena starts, you know, doing her swish swish stuff with it. And Sprite says, Oh my god, is that the ebony blade? And Athena's like, no. That's from King Arthur. It's Excalibur, she says, right? Is that what she says? I actually couldn't catch that. Because if it is Excalibur, that's also important. It I I'm 90% sure that she said no, it's Excalibur. Like I remember that, but I didn't catch the black sword or yeah, whatever because i don't know yeah. yeah ebony blade because i don't know what that is right so that just that didn't register with yeah. me but i'm pretty sure i heard her say no it's excalibur okay i didn't hear that part and that's fucking dope and i'm super excited about that so in the sixth century there was a knight of the round table named sir percy to be and, clear camelot didn't actually exist to right according so to any this, historical record yeah, so according no to the legend to be clear <laughs> yeah but is this um, MCU canon? Is that what we're saying? Yes, MCU? it is. Okay, this is I, MCU cool. canon. To so, differentiate, because like Thor in the MCU is different from Thor in Norse well, mythology. Yeah, Thor you know in what mythology. I mean? Like, yeah. So MCU's King Arthur Knights of the Round Table go on. Yeah. Um. He was. It was a sword crafted from a meteorite. So if anybody's an Avatar: The Last Airbender, it's a space sword. It's Sokka space sword. Alternatively, um, it's the sort of uh, this. What the fuck is it called? The sword that the sword of the morning wields in Dorne in like Game of Thrones mythology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't yeah, remember yeah. what it's called. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Fuck me, dude. I can't remember. I, Something star. Where's Andrew? Andrew knows that shit. Yeah, he knows. It's. Like I'm gonna Google it. Like I, oh. Uh, is it called Dawn? I think it's actually just called. I genuinely don't remember. I, th I think it is just called Dawn, but but anyway, it's made from a meteor, Any and doodles. it's yeah, an Arthurian so... reference. It's an uh, it's very it's an Arthurian thing. Whenever you see it in other fantasy, which is why it's round. It's <laughs> a meteorite that's, sword. Okay, that okay, that's dope. Um, yeah, anyway, so the sword is made from a meteorite, um, which it's actually implied that it is a form of vibranium. Um, but it is enchanted by Merlin, and that's what kind of lays credence to it being a form of vibranium, because vibranium is actually a very powerful metal that can be enhanced by magic. That um, makes sense. And this is Excalibur, yes? not the No, ebony this is blade. the Ebony Blade. Excalibur is way got different. It, got it. Okay. All right, cool. The Ebony Blade is used by Sir Percy of Scandia, and eventually he uses it to defend Camelot, but the more blood that the sword absorbs, it begins developing a curse. And the curse affects the wielder in different ways. Um, it actually forces Dane, when he takes it, to kill people. Um, it starts killing him if he doesn't do like what the sword wants. Dude. Stuff like that. So funny. The character that, that wields that sword in Game of Thrones is called Arthur Dane. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Nah, when you said that, I was like, oh yeah. It's the most Arthurian thing ever. <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, um Yeah, anyway, so like I follow you. This, okay. This sword was it's a it's a family heirloom of House Whitman. Dane gets it um after we know that he like his family heritage is important because the gift that Cersei gives him for their aunt, for his birthday is a ring with his family crest, which if you pay enough attention to what she says is actually a ring 
literally forged in the sixth century. Cause he's like, Holy shit, this must've cost you a fortune. And she's like, right. no, I was there. Yeah, um, she just like had this. Yeah. She was just like, by the way, um, That's a and then at the, yeah, I know <laughs> at the end, he has the ebony blade, but it's implied. He's never opened the case or he's never touched the sword, which means he's never picked up the mantle of the black knight. And he's never been imbued with the curse. It sounds like he just figured out what's going on. It like, kind of like, does. Yeah. yeah, he's like, my family's history is like a little more complicated than I thought. Yeah, he's like, I have to tell you something, too. Because I would have thought if he knew about all this already that he would have said something when he, the, one of my favorite things in the early part of the movie, when he straight calls her out and is like, are you a wizard like Doctor Strange? I feel like that's why you don't want to move in. I love that the MCU is, and like they, they had some lines kind of similar to that in Shang-Chi. I, I just love that yeah. we're in a place now where it's like this new generation of heroes who are coming up in a world where this all exists. That they're not just like, what could be happening? They're like, is it like Doctor Strange? Is it different? Like, what bucket of thing are we putting this in? Like, yeah, they exactly. I love what yeah. kevin feige's just a fucking genius but... i know well and we're at a point where everybody's like okay this shit is real like this exists this is not outside the realm of bonkersness yeah everybody's down like i can't yeah. i'm gonna wa rewatch shang chi later today because it's now I it's out on disney plus well. now isn't it it is or, yeah yeah anyway um so, so yeah, i feel like sword. he's just figured this out because i think he would have said yeah. that to her like no i have a weird thing too let's talk about our weird things um, <laughs> yeah. or, you know, I feel like he's just figuring this I out. I have a cursed family blade, like ugh. yeah, and like you can see it when he goes to touch it. The blade has the curse is in the blood on the blade, and when he touches it, because the blood is trying to move towards his finger on the blade. Oh, is that what that was? Okay, yeah, it's the curse. As soon as he touches it, he's cursed by the blade. But he um, didn't touch it yet. No, he hasn't touched it yet because. This is my other exciting part. As we were watching this scene, and he is spoken to by an off-screen voice, um, who I do not believe was Samuel L. Jackson. I, I don't think Samuel L. Jackson would have anything to do with the mystical side of things. Um, no, I, I, I also just don't think that's where we are anymore in the MCU. I don't either. Yeah, I don't think that... that he needs first of all he's not even on earth we know for a fact he's in space on the sword facility with the scrolls which so, like to be fair kind of counteracts your prior point that he's not involved with the cosmic stuff he's in space well i'm no i mean like he's not involved with like the mystical magic side of stuff he's just sure. worried about space like he's like holy shit there's legitimate threats out here well he has the scroll situation to deal with he's gonna be yeah. dealing with secret wars and I, so that's going to be like a separate thing, but I agree. You're right. Like on the, the really big scale magic, like galactic attack situation, the cosmic stuff. Galactic attack situation. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't but know. yeah, that's basically what's words. going on. Um, and then the cool, cool thing about Dane as the Black Knight is the sword does not give him powers. He doesn't have super strength or speed or anything like that. He is just Hawkeye with a sword. Seriously? Yeah. That's so lame. Cersei can is seriously he he's batting so far out of his league. Then he's still yeah, not big time. Yeah. No. Well, that's actually in the comics too. So Dane Whitman appeared in 1967 in his own comic, but eventually he became an Avenger and became a very important member of the Avengers. Um, because there were a lot of like. <sighs> 
like you had the foot clan who used like ninja swords and stuff and he needed to be like a great swordsman to fight with them um but also he can go toe to toe with wolverine and survive a fight that sword so while he may not have powers the sword does have powers the sword can cut through literally anything as long as it is not magically enhanced or protected okay well, so, so that puts yeah. him in a prob okay, so I get what you're saying. Like he's gonna end up being with Doctor Strange because we need a villain that he poses a threat, right? Like I would imagine. yeah, I would imagine he will touch the sword, the sword will give him the curse, and then he will have to partner with Doctor Strange in some way to either a lift the curse, because Doctor Strange actually does remove the curse. Doctor Strange and Sylvie lift the curse. Um but here's the most like amazing part, and this is this part was actually why I got really excited about him even being it in the first place. Sir Percy, who was the first Black Knight, his like biggest person that he fought all the time was Morgan Le Fay, who was Merlin's like arch enemy. Our arch enemy, Morgan Le Fay. Not, not a mim. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, turning into you know, big dragons and stuff. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um. Morgan Le Fay, after he traveled back in time, taught Doctor Doom how to use magic. So oh, there is a okay. way to create connections now between these other properties. So it seems to me, honestly, like they are very slowly setting up pieces for Doctor Doom. That is what people are saying. I mean, and from what you just said, we could have connections to like Doctor Strange, yeah, Wanda. Mm -hmm. um the fantastic four yep all like, of them well yeah. and this movie very clearly could 100 percent be setting up galactus as well yeah because galactus was a, a celestial i could also see him showing up in wakanda if the sword is made of vibranium you know what i mean like there's yeah all kinds of ways right that Kit harrington could now show up in the mcu which is pretty mm -hmm. dope like i so or the the Eternals, right? Because it says the Eternals will return. Will return, yeah. But I don't, yeah, know, how I don't know how or what they're going to do. Because the first of the two secret scenes 100% sets up other shit. Yeah. And that's... The ending of the movie sets up other shit. Well, like, yeah. We, we end like, it with... Uh, and then they take him. Yeah, Cersei's taken to look at her memories and say, like, we may or may not allow humanity to survive. So I imagine they're going to oh, follow no, they all on are. that. They're all taken. Fastos, Kingo, right. and Cersei are taken. Everybody but Sprite, right? Well, yeah, everybody but Sprite. And, and then Kit Harrington, because he doesn't have any powers. He's not an Eternal yet. <laughs> um, well, and then Thena, Druig, and Makari are aboard the Domo looking for other Eternals to tell the truth to. How do you know that the fucking ship is called the Domo? Like, honestly, they say it like four times. Seriously? Yeah. Especially I'm so at the bad end with when he's like, wow, Dad, the Domo looks so cool. And he's like, yeah, your dad fixed that with his hands. I don't know how you pick up on this crap. I really liked that at the end with the, with the kid and Angelina oh Jolie, and I just I I Your think that they did just been revoked, right? You know <laughs> that like permanently. <laughs> I just I thought that their family dynamic came off really well, and I just really want more yeah. time with it. Like I hope we do get more Eternals movies. I hope they get a show. I I would love to see more flashbacks. I would love to see more of like them together. I just. I really liked it. I felt like we didn't have enough time. And it, like, I, I would have had a way longer movie. And I didn't say this earlier, and this is just me being like, there are certain tropes in costume design that I really like. 
Um, I loved Druig's costume design. Like his full suit was again. If anybody knows me, you guys know what my color scheme is. Right. Um, but his was like that. It was like a black granite with red lining. But yeah, he had that like royal skirt looking like not a cape, but like a comma, a K A M A. Um. That was just kind of around his waist that covered his legs, not so much like his upper body. And I'm like, yeah. dude, this looks so dope. Like, why couldn't we have seen him in this more often? I'm looking at it now and it was great. Like all of their um their official Eternals costume outfits were awesome. Yeah. They liked the speedsters. I really Hers liked was so good. Oh, they just all oh fuck. I loved it so much. I just uh I wanted more of them, but I I thought that they did such a good job, like creating this family feeling with so little time. Like I still came away really feeling like I get their little dynamic, and I loved it. Um, well, and I think that's why it did so well. Is you actually felt like I mean, this is another reason why I was really glad that Selma Hayek was the leader and not Angelina Jolie, because Angelina Jolie had her own thing to deal with, but you still emotionally felt connected to all of them. When Selma Hayek was like, I want you to go out and experience what you want. Learn what you want to do from these people. And, like, she wasn't just like, no, we have a mission. Let's stick to this shit. She wasn't a robot. She actually, like, cared about them. And I'm like, okay, cool. So now I actually care about them, too. And they obviously cared about each other. Like, Druig and, uh, what's her name, the speedster? Kari. Makari. Makari. Um, when, when they like put their heads together, like they don't even yeah. kiss, they have this like even more intimate moment together. Like they're just, and, and Gilgamesh and, uh, and Thena and they just, I mean, even, uh, what's his name? Uh, Icarus and God, I'm trying so hard. You Thank guys. You. Thank you. Jesus Christ. But before we do get to Icarus, I do just want to wrap up the discussion on the post credit with the, the first post credit scene, which the only thing that I understood from the first post-credit scene was that Pip looked like... Oh, no, he looked like no. shit, dude. Pip looked like hot fucking garbage. That was my takeaway. That Thanos has a brother was, like, secondary to me. That Pip, Pip was... I was like, I'm offended by this MCU. This movie was delayed how many times? You couldn't make this fucking CG character look, like, 30% believable? What the fuck was that? So, here's the problem. I feel like this part was a an afterthought kind of it must be the cg proves it like yeah. thanos looked better in his original <laughs> post oh my god yeah but like the one thing that i did and this is just me noticing background stuff um the way that they teleport is identical to how the rainbow bridge works that's interesting, really? Yeah, it was it was them traveling through what looked like rainbow light. And I did not notice that. And then in the hallway. Oh, yeah, that was like the first thing I saw because Pip jumps up. First of all, um, if you guys didn't realize it, Pip is voiced by Patton Oswalt. Who's uh, Patton Oswalt? Um, names, dude. I'm going to Google it. Have you ever watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yes. He's the fire marshal. Oh, I see him. Okay. If you yeah, seem yeah, like, yeah. yeah, he, he shows up as a secondary character in a ton of stuff. Okay. Yeah. I recognize him. Yeah. Um, 
his stand-up's actually really funny. He has a joke about how he should be allowed into the hospital into the hospital to help terminally ill patients die of boredom <laughs> by telling them useless Star Wars facts and like nerd shit. You know, the Dangar ship was called the Punishing One, and it's interesting that dude, <laughs> the shit was so funny to me. I'm like, dude, I could do that. I'd do that for a living. You could totally do that. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just it, that I honestly that was like that was kind of the first thing I noticed too. I was like, what the fuck am I looking at? Because like that part of the hallway is really dark. So why can I see him, but we couldn't see Harry Styles until he stepped into the light? I mean, for dramatic effect, but no, I got that. Yeah, but because of shitty CG, like I, it's you know because because apparently there wasn't a lot of money spent on that, and I hope they fix it. But so, what the fuck was that? Who who is who? What Eros? What what? Eros? He really is the brother of Thanos. Um, he is the prince of Titan. He was the prodigal son. He was the son of Thanos's family that everybody loved. Fun fact for you, and they don't actually say it in the movie, Thanos is a deviant. Right, so this is he what I'm is seeing a, on the internet. Yeah, he was experimented on using deviants. That's why he was so strong. That's why he was able to hold uh, the Infinity Stones, because he had basically cosmic-level power in his veins, because he was created by a Celestial. Right, he's not like a hundred percent deviant. No, he he's like not. Eros is an eternal. He is one hundred percent an eternal. The same thing. The same tests that were done to Thanos, an eternal experimented on Eros. Eros became like the perfect golden child. But awesome. he has one of those control orbs. He is a he is a prime eternal. That's what those orbs are that go into their chest. His comes out of his wrist, and that's why he knows that they are in trouble with Erishem. But okay. he also knows how they can go help him out. I don't really know or have any feelings about Harry Styles. I don't just Me I, yeah. I I'm fine seeing with it. him just seeing more people in coming into the MCU is amazing to me and it's fucking rad. Yeah, I mean Eternals had like a lot of stars in it when all this guy oh, too, yeah. like whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, and I don't know what it means. Like is, does this mean that like he's gonna go with them? Like that's just setting up the next part of this plot, right? Mm-hmm. That they're gonna go try and rescue Cersei and the rest who are kidnapped and Yeah. So yeah. That's likely what's going to be going on is what they'll do is, and if I, honestly, I just saw the movie last night. The movie just came out. This is probably five years at the minimum away. But my guess is what they will have to do is set up a rescue mission. Thena, Druig, Makari, Eros, and Pip will have to go to the World Forge and free... Cersei, Kingo, and Fastos. And in doing so, either kill Erishem, which will wake Galactus, or Erishem will get so pissed that he'll send Galactus after Earth. Is Galactus a celestial? Yes, he is the world eater. Okay. Is he like the head shit celestial? Kinda, kinda not. Like, he is the most well-known. He's also the most powerful of all them. He doesn't create galaxies. Well, okay, so hold on. His, his story is kind of different. He traveled between dimensions before the universe was created. And then basically returned to our dimension and gained, like, 
incredible power, but in order to survive, he has to devour the worlds surrounding the stars his brothers made. And that's why he's called the World Eater. He literally absorbs the energy inside worlds, and he... Yeah, he's a bad guy. He's not really a bad guy. (laughs) He's just kind of like he. And I again, this is me being biased. I mean, I don't really just. I don't know. He's been represented so many bad ways. Well, yeah, I know, (laughs) but um, hold on, I'm trying to remember what he is. I I don't. I want to say I heard somewhere that he's not actually a celestial, but that he will be in the MCU. Because that's what they're going to do. No, well, so like in the comics, no, he's not a, he's not a celestial. He, he's kind of balance. He's the universe's version of balance between eternity and death. And he's like all that survived from a former universe. The celestials are what creates those universes. Um... Okay. Wikipedia says that he is a cosmic entity. Yes, um, he is he's not like a, a celestial. No, he's he's more powerful than them. Okay, so like death in in the original yes. Infinity War that Thanos was in love with, right in the comics. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. But in in the MCU, it makes sense that they'll make him a celestial because they've been setting that up since Guardians of the Galaxy, right? So like setting Basically. up the celestials. Yeah, well, we now see they have the one in the... Guardians with the Power Stone, right? And it's been exactly. like, oh, shit! And then also Ego is a Celestial, right? Ego is a Celestial. Arishem the Calculator is a Celestial. You had Tiamat. You had two others that they don't name in the movie. One showing the creation of a star. A literal star in his hand. Um, Tiamat is going to be... Oh, that's just yeah, so I cool. I really I liked that in Stone. and it's, I... Cannot express in words how much that is like something in the Wheel of Time. And I'm just like, oh, my Jesus, God, is it the night? I know. Um, So, um, but uh, all that to say. Well, so like the last, yeah, the last thing I was going to say was. um, So Galactus was originally just like a humanoid explorer. And then he, if I remember correctly, like, he either went through a star or he discovered a different kind of star. And it gave him, like, godlike powers. But in order to maintain those powers, he ended up having to feed on worlds. But he was still an explorer and he didn't want to destroy, you know, civilization, excuse me, civilizations and shit. So he created a herald where he gave the herald power to discover worlds, and if the world was, like, barren or sparsely populated or it needed to be destroyed, the Herald would tell Galactus, and Galactus would come take that world. The first and most notable Herald that he had is the Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer, right. Okay, all right. That all, now that's all fitting into what I, like, ostensibly should have known about Galactus. So, yeah, okay. That makes sense, and it makes sense that we are headed in that direction. Obviously, we're getting the um, Fantastic Four, and just bravo Kevin Feige on just, like, the slow build of all this stuff. Like, because everyone knows it's coming, and, and I like how they, they... He just really knows how to set us up right, and I appreciate it. But to move us on to the last thing, 
um, before I think the last thing that we really want to hit on. So we have the sibling relationship here with Thanos's brother and Thanos being like an eternal and a deviant. And then that is like a whole thing in this movie that like there are a big, a big section of our rogues gallery here is like the deviants and how they turn out to just be siblings of the Eternals. Yeah. And you and I felt super differently about this, huh? I did. So talk to me about this. Where are you at on it? Okay. So again, it's no secret. I love the villain and everything. And while these were cool villains, I'm not going to be remembering them. They were just kind of an excuse. The real villain is Arishim's plan. It's not even Arishim. Because he's cool at the end. He's like, I'm going to spare the planet, but them surviving is up to your memories. He's not just like, you guys failed me. And then the Earth gets destroyed. That's not... Right. And they are, like, the fact that they're deviants at at this point in the timeline at all is just a coincidence of Mm -hmm. the, the global earthquake having shipped them free. Like, they... The global earthquake is coming because of the celestial that's coming. Yeah. The deviants being shaken free in this process is a coincidence. That's it's, not yeah, supposed to happen. Ice melt or broke during that earth, global earthquake. And now he's like, oh shit, all these deviants are free. And Icarus just used that as an excuse to say, holy shit, dude, they're back. They've been dormant this whole time. Right, he was like, this is perfect, it's going to keep everybody busy, I'm going to murder Sama Hayek, it's going to keep totally busy until after the emergence, this is a great coincidence for me. But it's not part of the end of the world, like, that's not what's supposed to be happening. Yeah, and that's, see, that's that's actually the, the main thing that I really, really enjoyed about Crow. Which he never, they never say his name in the... Crow being the big bad deviant. The big one that can talk, yeah. Um... That is his name. He was a warlord among the Deviants, but the Deviants were an actual race. They weren't just like mindless beasts or whatever. They were originally, but eventually they became... They were able to like breed and evolve, and that was the whole thing. Then the Celestials was like, fuck that, I can't control that enough. Let me make like... Things that can evolve. They're perfect from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, they're basically humanoid robots. They're basically Vision, right? Like, they have more in common with Vision than they do. Yeah, they are basically what perfect humans would be. Yeah. Essentially. Um, But they're not, like... Yeah. They're not... They can't reproduce. They can't, like, yeah, they can't, you know, they can't get diseases. They can't have heart attacks. Stuff like that. Yeah, whereas um, I imagine the deviants like have a lifespan and die. And they are the legitimate creatures. Yeah, they are legitimate living, breathing things. And um, the idea was for them to protect humanity, but then they turned out to like evolve and were like not doing that, and they became predators. And then, yeah, they became then we make predators. the Eternals, right? That's the yeah. whole thing. So, okay. and that's why I was like, I was cool with it because it's it it just it made sense for the flow of the story. What I really liked though was even after they were like holy shit, the Celestial is coming. Like, Crow was still just like, I'm gonna fucking kill you guys. You killed all of my my kind. I don't give a fuck about this Celestial. I could care less. I want to kill you guys. You killed my family, basically. Prepare to die. <laughs> and I thought that was really cool because a lot of times movies... I can't really think of any Marvel movies off the top of my head, but... um. Actually, Spider-Man 2. Perfect perfect example. Dr. Octopus was the bad guy until he created the sun and became unstable. 
And then Peter right. was like, we gotta team up! And while I love Spider-Man 2, and I think it is the best of the Raimi trilogy, I don't like that. I don't like when villains are like, I did these evil things. Never mind, I had a change of heart. Crow was bad from the beginning. He just wanted to kill them. And I was totally fine with that. He had a singular vision, and he stuck to that. Yeah, and I know for sure that you like your villains to be pretty black and white. And I don't say mm-hmm. that in a bad way. Like, you like your, like, evil for the sake of evil. Yeah. And you're going to love Wheel of Time. <laughs> well, and it's, Wheel of Time are just fucking so bad. Well, and that's what <laughs> I mean. Like, you're bad, so be bad. Like, that's one of the biggest yeah. problems I have with all the new Star Wars movies and games and shit. Is they're like, oh, the whole thing has to be about redemption. And this Imperial pilot has to realize, oh my god, I'm actually working for the bad guys? Let's betray the Empire and work for the Rebellion. Stop doing that. Just stay the course. Be that person. Stand by what you believe. And I certainly didn't want the Deviants to be good guys. But, like, I'm totally with you on all that. But I would have liked to explore the relationship between them and the Deviants more. Like, I felt like... Oh, for sure. Like, if we're going to have them in this movie and say, yeah, you guys are siblings and there's a big reveal around your dynamic and they're not actually just these cosmic things that exist and and we need you to take them out. Like, I think that they, like, I think that the deviants were ultimately kind of right. And I feel like they should have not had the deviants turn good, but had the Eternals turn bad, if that makes sense. Like, towards the deviants and being like, no, you know what? You're right. Like, this is all fucking bullshit. Um, And and make it more like them helping the deviants than the deviants helping the Eternals, if that makes sense. But but I would have liked to see them, like, have to work together in some way to defeat the Celestial rather than, oh, we connect with each other and the Celestial and the we just kind of don't finish exploring this like way that we have like really fucked the deviants over and like we're wrong and didn't redeem ourselves for that at all. Like the good guys get away with a lot here, I think in that relationship. This, this is where it becomes this like conflict of perfect villain cocktail. On the one side you have, the deviants are a great villain because they are just tools and that's they all they were really supposed cool. to be. And they do look really awesome. Um, but they are just... They are made for a singular purpose and then discarded. And when they could no longer fulfill that purpose, as they were designed to do, they were replaced and killed. If anything, they are the victims of a higher power. Which obviously they are, but I don't think that the Eternals saying, hey, you guys were wronged, let's work together to stop this Celestial, because their goals were too different. Yeah, Crow didn't care about mankind, he didn't care about saving humanity, he just wanted to kill the people who killed his people. But the Eternals were like, dude, we have to stop this because there's seven built. Well, now there's eight billion people that we have grown to love over the last seven thousand years. We cannot let um, these people die. Crow didn't give a fuck about them, and that's the only reason I'm like, I don't think it would have worked. I would have loved to see them explore. Like, dude, fair. we're basically like the perfect version of the Deviants. We're you, but better, basically. 
Yeah. Well, but, right. Like there's just, there was so much more there. And, and especially the fact, like maybe if they just left it at the reveal, but the fact that they also yeah. had Crow, like turning into like a humanoid shaped thing with their like powers. And, yeah, yeah. Becoming more like an eternal. I'm like, if we're going to go there, let's make sure we spend a little more time on this issue because it seems like, and then he just dies. And he had a really cool fight with Angelina Jolie. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, if anything, it served to bring her story full circle, for which I'm like, cool. Um, but it did and it didn't. So her thing, her whole thing was like, I remember. I remember what Gilgamesh told me. But she still has this memory problem. Her just oh, remembering totally. Gilgamesh doesn't erase that. But the movie kind of makes it seem like it has. But she does have a really great moment where she like mm-hmm. comes where like she kind of saves she the comes day. Too. Yeah. Oh right? yeah, for sure. Because they were never gonna do what they did with the deviant trying to get them, right? Like that definitely had oh, to get no. dealt with. I just feel like if they weren't really going to explore it, then leave them as just sort of mindless beasts or give us the reveal, mm-hmm. but don't make him turn into a dude. Like there was too much like teasing there that obviously isn't going to get dealt with because they get killed like all the mcu villains you know so it's a little bit like all right like what the fuck like what even was any of that we had so little time to do so much like why why to any of that i would i could have done with another back like flashback to babylon but i yeah so that was kind of where i felt about that they just shouldn't just then just don't do it you know well here i'll i'll meet you in the middle of the road if they had it not, a, you know, like not been like, hey, you know, we agree with you. We need to work together. If Crow had escaped and just been like, dude, this world's about to be destroyed. I need to get out of here and I'll seek my revenge else, like at a later time. I would have 100% been okay with that. Right. Like, I'll be I'll be back if it wasn't for you darn kids. Like, yeah, that, that would have been great. I also would have accepted were this the Disney Plus show that exists in my dreams, <laughs> like something where the Eternals have to, like, beg him for help. Like that he has more time to be established as like a thing that yeah. like talks and exists and is like a humanoid and maybe the others get to evolve that way, too, to mm-hmm. like go to them and be like, we fucked up. Like, we need you to to help us out or we all are going to die. Um, and there is no way for you to escape. And this is, and we're yeah. sorry, and we fucked up, and you were right, and we realize that now. I could have done with a whole episode where we have, like, diplomatic relations with with these things. Like, whatever. <laughs> she puts him on ice. Like, they freeze him, right? And then they put him aboard the Domo so they can study him to be like, oh, maybe we can get the powers back from Gilgamesh and put the memories of Gilgamesh into a new body at the World Engine. Right, or that the would work forge. too. That would have been. That would have also. He would have survived. He could have been. You know. Also, fun fact for anybody who didn't know, Crow is voiced by Bill Skarsgård, who is Pennywise. Huh. He's so good. Mm-hmm. I love that man. I agree. I so okay. So I feel like there's a lot of things that didn't work totally perfectly about the deviants, and we can agree that they looked cool, but they were just our ooh look shiny villain. Yeah. Um, our secret, like, villain number two here, um, I guess we already oh, talked kind of a lot about the Celestials, but, uh, our other villain is Icarus, and Icarus, yeah. what a cool, bad Superman. He was, and my only issue was his intention is revealed very early on, and the only, and it's only because I've begun to kind of see certain formulas with Marvel villains a 
Lay it sometimes out for me. Because I, so, I wasn't sure. What, it, it gave me this feeling of like, sometimes this happens when I don't quite put my finger on something, but it's like also like no shit. Um, is like almost a deja vu when they reveal yeah. it. I'm like, right, yeah, right. That makes sense. But I don't really remember what led me to get there. <laughs> so the the two biggest things for me, one was when they find Ajax's body, he just immediately says it was a deviant. Did, how would he know that right off the bat? Actually just noticed that at, too. I was like, yeah. according to what? And I guess yeah. it was like the fire from his eyes or whatever. But like, if There's I'd been watching the boys, I would have been like, that was you yeah. 100%. <laughs> I know. And she's just laying there perfectly. No, that, come on. That just... That part didn't make sense to me, but where it really kind of revealed, hey, something's up, like maybe we should keep an eye on Icarus, is when right after Cersei communicates with Erishem the first time, he is way too interested in her having just talked to Erishem. Yeah, you're right. He's like, holy fuck, you talked to Erishem? What did he say? Because now he's like, oh my god, you're going to find out the fucking plan. Because that right. was his whole thing, was keeping the plan from them long enough for the emergence to take place, and then they would have all had their memories wiped, and that would have been, you know, ground zero all over again. But he's like, yeah. oh, shit. Like, she's she's going to open the door, she's going to find this stuff, and then she does. She, you know, everyone is trying to help her talk to Erishim. And eventually she just sits down at Angelina Jolie's weird bone tree, and has a, <laughs> she just has like an awesome conversation, conversation with him. And I loved, my word is law. This is the plan. This is how it's always been. It wasn't cryptic. It wasn't misleading. It was, I'm going to tell you how it is because this is how it is. Yeah, and that's how it, it wasn't works. like figure it now. out for yourself, self, self. And then well, he disappears. And there was a really compelling thing happening here of like it's a um it's the trolley problem on mass scale, first of all, right? Like there's a really compelling argument to not interfere with the celestials right now. Oh yeah. I and mean so yeah, go ahead. No, that's a good yeah, yeah. There's just they don't don't interfere. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that's how I put well, it. Well, and it's also like if if it's true that the celestial that they're going to prevent being born, like the cost of the one world, is going to be millions the life of, of other billions. Worlds. Yeah, yeah, billions and billions of other worlds that just won't exist if you kill this celestial. That's a pretty compelling argument to allow Earth to be destroyed, right? Mm. See, it it's is up there with Thanos for sure. Oh yeah, it's right up there with the philosophical and moral compass argument. It that's the thing about it is like it becomes a it, that's really what it is. If you boil it down, it just becomes a philosophical argument. Would you sacrifice ten people to save ten thousand people? Right, it's actually, the trolley like, problem. Exactly. Right? Yeah, you could feel the weight of the problem for all of them. The the thing that becomes the issue in the movie for them is you have people who are like dude we love these people this is not right these people were just raised as cattle and then you have you can't really say icarus because icarus is just a loyal soldier he's not he it kind of felt like he really wasn't thinking for himself 
He was just like devoted to Erishem and what Erishem says is his will. Where you it's, really yeah. get the com or the the moral redirect is Kingo. Where yeah. he's like, dude, I I still believe in what Erishem set up for us, but I'm not gonna tell you what to do or what to believe. That's not my place. But I'm also not gonna do anything to stop you, but I'm not gonna do anything to help you. Because what I believe may not impact, or it may not be what you believe, but I don't have the right to tell you you're wrong. I gotta say, you've really turned me on whether I liked that or not, because I really didn't coming out of the theater, and you have really changed my mind about that, because I, I actually think it's a good example of something that's, it was different and I didn't like it. But you're right, when you think about it, it's like, yeah, not yeah. most MCU characters would not do that. They would take a much more... Oh yeah, um, Harry Potter type action oriented stance on either exactly. side of the issue. You couldn't put like part a really good example is you couldn't put Captain America in that same situation. No, he or would be Tony like, no, Stark. that's wrong. We don't leave one man behind. Even one man is too many men sacrificed. Or Carol, like I feel like all of these guys yeah. would have a really firm stance on this one way or the other. I mean, no, look at Civil War. Nobody in Civil War said. I don't agree, but I respect respectfully yeah. declined to fight with you. <laughs> Nobody did that in Civil War, so I mean, dude, Tony had to recruit a fucking high school kid just to like, <laughs> you know, even the the stakes a little bit. I mean, but it's, it, it's so funny. But so, I, I yeah, I did really like the moral compass problems in this movie. They were really good, and I love a good philosophical question. And the philosophical question is the trolley problem in this. It is the ten for ten thousand. Yeah, on such mass scale. Mm -hmm. And it, so I really understood, like, why Icarus wanted to make this go through. And also that he just, it feels like for him, like, yeah, that he wasn't making his own decisions, sort of. But I, I feel like it was more like he's, he's, like, so indoctrinated that the idea of killing a celestial is just so ridiculous to him that he's like, that's him. obviously yeah. wrong. It's yeah. like, just, I, I think he's just... Um, and I understand this. Like, I'm sure we could come up with some kind of comparison example in the real world of something that's just so out there that it's like, okay, I don't care anything else that you say. The fact that you've said that is ridiculous and out there enough for me to disregard any other words that are coming out of your mouth. You want to kill a celestial? Fuck you. Okay, perfect example would be telling a crusader in the 13th century that the Pope was wrong and we need to kill him. Right, yeah, the, exactly. And you're just going to stop at the Pope was wrong. I'm just like, that's not true. Yeah, he's like, are that's you not right. fucking dumb? You're an idiot. There's yeah. no way that's true. Get away from me. Shut the yeah. hell up. Yeah, I think... Um, I, and, I, and so I think that's really interesting, too, because it's very, like, we don't have a lot of zealots in the MCU. <laughs> which is I mean, a little bit what we're seeing, right? You have a bit of an extremity in, in Ronan... He, but he, that was more like... Yeah, but he's like a bad guy, bad guy. Well, yeah, but he was a bad guy, bad... He, uh, he believed in religious perfection. Like, the the Kree Empire was the empire. There was nothing else Yeah. but that. And so he became an, uh, an accuser and was just like, if you are going to fight against the empire, you're going to be destroyed. The empire can do no wrong. And Carol was like, ah, bet. <laughs> I can appreciate why he feels that way, though. Like, I really get, mm -hmm. like, Icarus is, like, following the rules. He's also 
like super awesome and i really wish that he hadn't flown into the fucking sun like yeah, i don't that... like this what the fuck like what i like okay yes close the metaphor but like do it mcu that was unnecessary Stop. we already made the joke about him being icarus and flying too close to the wings and fastos was like i'm been we're trying to clip your wings for a long time we made those jokes we don't need that how it should have ended and again this is just my opinion and please guys let me know if you agree or disagree i i want to know like what you guys think but how i think it should have ended is icarus should have been the one to return to to Arishem and tell him that I made the choice to refuse your order. Because it would have carried more weight coming from Icarus, who was the perfect soldier to him, than them just being like, ah, oh, he killed himself. Oh, now you've got to come get us. What order did he disobey? Providing enough time for the emergence to occur. Oh, right. <laughs> he, he couldn't kill certain... Wow, really? Okay. <laughs> well, he... no, I'm just... I just... I... <laughs> I don't know. Let me see yeah. it once. Well, yeah. No, he um he couldn't kill Cersei. He tried like three right. times. Right. And right. he just couldn't bring himself to do it because he loved her so much. And she leveled up so fucking hard. Oh, she did. That was really cool. And that's also very Umbrella Academy. Like they do a lot of leveling up in season two, which, you know, you wouldn't know, of course. Oh but... my god. <laughs> well, and I like that they explain it. They're not just like the power was inside you all along. And right. believe in the heart of the cards, Yugi, and all that shit. They didn't do any of that. <laughs> they were just like, um, he's a fuckload of cosmic energy, and you're all cosmic energy, and you channeled it at the same time, and she just happens to have the prime eternal orb in her. In the That's wheel time, we call that. that forming a circle. <laughs> or it's a wheel. It's no, it's forming a circle when you link together to use the power. Like, exactly like what happened. It's incredible how much of that last scene is just um, like, I can't wait. But I, the way they do it in the Umbrella Academy, incidentally, which I love, and it's just so Umbrella Academy, is that it's not like it is the power was inside you all along, Jimmy, but it's also like your dad was such a stifling asshole. And like, oh, I know. Did such a bad job teaching you that there was no way you were ever going to develop this like when you were a kid and of course you're learning about it in your 30s <laughs> oh well yeah i don't know why when you said jimmy it just made me think of jimmy neutron oh <laughs> and jimmy's mom is so hot i can't wait for you to watch season two of umbrella academy it's so good if and you know what if you don't get there and season three comes out then me and ben will just do the podcast I'm just gonna, Why like, do I keep getting left out there. of shit man like i, well, I just don't well, see you I watching will, umbrella no, academy it still doesn't happen I know. To be fair, I did start locking key for you. Um, I know, and I really appreciated that. Dude, I just love the way she says Bodhi. That was dope. Bodhi. I told you it was good, though. Yeah, it was really good. I The only thing I really didn't care for was that she gets out, like, right away. I would have liked more development of her, like, tricking Bodhi into finding shit, but whatever. Did you finish the season? Or any no, no, yeah, I'm, like, halfway one? through. Oh, good. Excellent. Yeah, it's, it, season two was... It's all, it's all perfectly acceptable. I won't see any of it's, like... The best thing I've ever seen, but I really liked it. <laughs> it, I enjoyed it. That's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun. Like I wouldn't yeah. want to pick it apart, but it's a lot of fun. I really, well, yeah. I like watching the show. I'm excited when it comes out. I, I like it. But the point is, yeah. Um, we digress. 
Yeah, sorry guys, we digest. Um, um, but yeah, Icarus, I I just, I liked him and I wish that they didn't kill him off. I just would have liked to see him stay yeah. in the show. I just, I don't see why. It was just Rob Stark all over In again. the show that I'm manifesting in my imagination. I know, you gotta get over this, man. Like, maybe, well, see, that's the thing. Eternals will return. We don't know how. Please don't God, know let it we be We don't know if they're gonna be um, I would I be just... totally fine with them getting a show. Of them developing Harry Styles' arrows, helping them create this, like, prison escape television show of getting them out of the world engine or the yeah. world forge because just would be imagine the flashbacks i mean like okay look at what like a show like this is us does um mm -hmm. or maybe orange is new black is a better example i don't know but you can you can have a show that has a ton of flashbacks that are either character or theme appropriate right you can have like just one character's flashbacks or you can have all of them but with the same kind of thing happening whatever and all of that like world building and and flashbacking can take up like a half an hour of your episode you know what i mean like you can have oh i know really yeah tight... it could be a whole episode for just that well you do it and like the really good shows that do it do it in every episode and they weave it through the episode like in mm -hmm. this is us and then the actual plot of the, like the current timeline if they did this in like a six or eight episode show it doesn't have to be that complicated it can be a nice tight mm -hmm. plot yeah, well, and, and each episode's up. like 43 minutes long, so... You get all this like, character building and the flashbacks, and it would be so good, and why isn't that yep. what's happening? I want so many more flashbacks. Yeah. I but think... does that take us to... I think that takes us to ratings. To ratings? What did you yeah. give this movie? I actually gave the movie itself a 6 out of 10, and... Maybe a 6.5. Or 6.7. Yeah, I'm actually going to change mine right now. I'm going to put type it in right now. I'm giving it a 6.75. That's um, that's really specific, and I like it. Yeah, I now that you're giving these like a 7.8 or whatever, I'm like, fuck, man, all right, I guess I can like <laughs> upgrade this. I, while I loved the film, you know, as a whole, you know, it, it has a great story. It does have an amazing conclusion. Uh, it's world building, and it's cast of characters and action sequences are so awesome. There are the movie itself was just too long. It just there were so many times where I was like, "Holy fuck, can we just move it along?" Like, yeah. I, but I, I mean, don't know. it's it was like it was long, but I liked everything in it, right? Oh yeah, like I wasn't just like, "God, this is so boring." I was just like, "Okay, maybe like we didn't need as much juxta juxtaposition on that as we we got." Um, but the number one thing that I didn't like was dude, you literally just changed the way the planet looks like radically. There is a fucking celestial just sticking out of the ocean. Yeah. I think that the tsunamis would have been pretty. Alive. Yeah. That I just, that I'm in the, and it's, he's dead. We know that because Arishem's like, you've stopped the emergence. It's not like, hey, let's restart his battery. No, he's for sure dead. Yeah, he's, he's turned dead. to stone. He's turned to fucking granite. So are they going to mine him? Or this... Uh, or the granite? Yeah. And, you I know, because he's still... Did she turn him to granite or did she just cover him in granite and that's why he died? No, I'm pretty sure she turned him to granite because that's turned like... Turned him to granite. I mean, they definitely didn't... Like, they said that the deviant was turned into a tree. and that that Oh, yeah, she did turn him into a tree. That's right. 
Yeah, for sure. I feel like it's turned into granite. I feel like it's going to become like a wicked tourist spot and like a new coral reef. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Is that like I mean, so, so lame? <laughs> no, it's not lame, but here's the problem that presents itself that way. We have no movies coming up that will address this. Oh, well, this could come up anywhere. This could be on the TV in the background of Spider-Man. Like, it's, it'll... But why would it be? That, the, that's know. not about... Spider-Man isn't going to be about that. It's going to be about the breaking of the multiverse. I mean... See, and that's the problem, is we now have the, the phase breaking off into two... And I can't believe that I said that, because I understand the irony in making this joke. But it is now branching off into two subplots. <laughs> <laughs> one is in outer space and one is in the multiverse. Yo, two of them are in, are in outer outer space because remember, Fury's out there doing something totally unrelated. Well, no, that's what I mean. So, like, the two plots being set up by the MCU right now are space and the multiverse. Yeah. Because we know that at the end of WandaVision, uh, oh my God, what is her name? Wanda. Uh, Monica Rambo. <laughs> yeah. The one that you remember, yeah. Um, <laughs> she is sent to Sword Headquarters, which is in fucking space. Right. So that's, I mean, yeah, she is sent to space at the end of that. And then we also have, like, like I think what's missing right now, because we've got, like, the cosmic or the, the mystical stuff that we know. We've got all the space stuff that we know. We've got the Spider-Man multiversey stuff that we know. And then it's all of like the like the spy movie characters that we have a question mark on right now, like all of like the Earthbound people. But we're gonna get Hawkeye in just a couple weeks and have an idea of what's going on with some of them. And then, yeah, yeah, we have Marvels coming up, and we'll find out what's going on with Monica Rambo, and we'll find uh, out like we're gonna see um, Kamala I'm Khan. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what happens with Monica Rambo. But I, I'm so sorry to anybody that that likes her which i already know is a very few amount of people but i don't care about kamala khan and yeah. the fact that they're changing her powers from what they originally were because her powers originally are it's fucking stretchy. mr it's just growth it's mr fantastic's powers yeah it's and of course they don't want to do that because of they're gonna be using fantastic mr fantastic Four. yeah i mean so had they're... he been around for the last 10 years they would totally do it but he hasn't oh well yeah so You're like look yeah I, I first of all, there's a reason why they're trying to push her what, for what is now the third time because she did show up in the Avengers video game as yeah, the main character, did. and it was a horribly received video game. It was a horrible video game. It was just a very bad game. Um, and but her comic book sales were terrible. She, no one cared about her. It wasn't because she was this or that. It was just she's not a compelling character. No one yeah. cared about her. I and I, I'm not saying I don't care about her as her story and what she might mean to certain people or what she may be able to do in the movies or whatever, at, like for certain groups or whatever. I'm not saying anything about that. All I'm saying is her as a comic book character, as a superhero, there are so many better heroes out there. There's just yeah. I I just yeah. don't see a reason to bring her in. I do not have an answer, but what I do know <laughs> is that 
Feige hasn't disappointed me once yet, except I know, what and if. that's why I'm not upset about it. I'm just and like, I'm not okay. even like pissed about what if it wasn't bad. I just didn't want to podcast about it. Right, that's the only thing that happened with what if is that we just weren't like super yeah. stoked to talk about it. I still would have watched it. Like it wasn't horrible, and it was like a cartoon for kids. It was like separate from. It was outside of continuity. Their only thing outside of continuity is the only thing that I didn't totally love. So mm. I'm like, yeah. I fucking bet that it's great. Let's see how Hawkeye is. But I suspect that. Yeah, I think Hawkeye is going to be very grounded, a lot more real. It, I mean, we did that with Black Widow over the summer. And so I'm, I'm fine with maintaining that level of grounded storytelling. And I'm, I'm behind that, especially with all of these rumors going around about a certain crime boss supposedly showing up in Hawkeye. Right. I, I think it's going to be good. And I, I just feel like I don't, it would take an awful lot to convince me that Kevin Feige and Marvel had decided it would be a good idea to take a character that nobody's yeah. that enthusiastic about and change them for the worse and try and make a show about it and have it be good and put it with Brie Larson. I have a yeah. really hard time that they did that and it's bad. Like, come on. It's they're not fucking idiots. Like, surely No, I know. The more yeah, red I'm, flags there are, honestly, the more convinced I am that it's good because they're not stupid. If they have every option under the sun to them, if they're gonna do something that like on the surface sounds like it's bad, I fucking am certain that it's gonna turn out to be great. So I'm not even concerned about marbles. I'm not concerned I with him. it. I trust I, and I do. They their track record is spotless up to this point. Um I mean, there are a, qu a couple questionable things here and there. Like, uh, what is the op? But uh, just never mind. Oh, that's a that's. We're digressing bad. Yeah, I know. The point We're is first, really bad. But. That I gave this movie a seven out of ten for all the reasons I said about it, it should have been on TV. Because I liked everything yeah. really about this. I just needed a lot more of all of it. I felt like the only problems were that I didn't have an additional five hours. And, See, I would be at this point. I would be shocked if it, if Monday we didn't get an announce that there will be an Eternal show coming. I fucking hope so. Yeah, I I would not at all be like what. The formula is is made for TV. I it's just insane. It reminds me of um, another show that I'm pressuring Scott to watch, which I guess it sounds like I'm kind of an asshole about this right now. I'm like on your ass a lot, um, but Good Omens. Has oh fuck! I knew I forgot a show. I, I knew I forgot something. I, I know. Yeah, I do have to start that one. I know it was my special wish. Scott <laughs> watched Good Omens, but there's an episode of Good Omens where they do a big, massive flashback of them, like throughout time since like yeah. the Garden of Eden, right, and like all the ways that they worked, and, like what their history is together, the Devil and the Angel, and. 30 minutes through the episode at the halfway point, you get the opening credits and it's so cool. It's what the just, hell? yeah. It's like in that episode, the flashback is 30 minutes long as a cold open. It's incredible. And I'm like, Oh my God, do that in every episode. That could be the formula. Like there's just, this is just built for television. So that's, but I gave it a seven out of 10. I really liked it. Um, and I really did love all the representation in it. It was so cool. And it was just done really seamlessly. And it was just a big step for Marvel just to say, you know what, fuck it. Like, we're just going to do this the right way. And it, yep. it was great. And there were a lot of things in this, including how diverse it was. That makes me just really fucking excited for the wheel of time. And I can think of nothing else and nothing else really matters. So Eternals was great. And 
<laughs> that's my rating. And I for villains, I gave this a seven out of ten. Um, so did I. Yeah, I really liked. I liked Icarus. I liked his conflict. Um, he totally thought he was doing the right thing. Like there was a good. I, I really want to rewatch. Like I want to see all of the clues and stuff. Um, I just liked all the family dynamics between everybody and like Icarus was a cool villain that mm. I would have rated it higher if it wasn't for the deviants. I didn't love that. Like we talked about. Yeah. And then obviously the celestials themselves. And I don't know. It's cool. There's just a lot of like ambiguity and gray villainy and ethical questions yeah. here that I kind of like. So it was, but it was also a little bit of a mess. So it's only a seven. It really was. Yeah. I mean, but that's kind of like what the whole movie's like purpose was was to put you in this situation where you had to figure out like who what would you do? Would you side with with Icarus? Would you be like, dude, this is what we were created for, and you have the chance to create billions of other lives and stuff? Probably oh, not. Man. Yeah, that'd be crazy. I get why we all feel like we should be the exception, right? I mean, that's why we have oh yeah so many issues in our real world, right? Like every us all we that we. We all want ourselves to be the exceptions to the rules. So, totally, we would probably try and save the planet. It's probably not the right call. I don't think that's probably right. I think Icarus is probably right about this. I know. And that's... God, dude, Andrew was supposed to go with me, and I really wish he had, because he and I discuss philosophy a lot about really dumb shit. But... I can't believe I'm going to give him this opportunity to come at me about this, but it is it is kind of MCU related. There is no paradoxical argument that pisses me off more than the Ship of Theseus paradox. Oh, because that's funny. Is, I liked that. I love that part in WandaVision, but the argument is so... It Never mind, I'm not going to get into it. But, Andrew, like, there's you your feel intro. like it is or isn't still the ship? As soon as you put the board, as soon as you replace the piece of the broken wood with a new board, that board becomes a part of the ship. It is still the ship right. of Theseus. Yeah, because if you're doing it one at a time, it all stays the same. Yeah, if you completely overhaul the ship in, in its entirety, no. You're just naming a new ship the ship of Theseus. But it's not the, sh the original ship of Theseus. Because what is uh, what is Vision's argument? The rot is the ship. I the don't memory. And, yeah, it's Vision's it, argument. I could, I could go on and on and on about this, but I'm not going to. I'm actually going I'm to let you take unclear this even here. about what you just said. So sure, I know. yeah, I'm like it is or it isn't. It's a little bit of both. That's the whole thing. Um. Anyway, let's see what we have coming up. Um, it's it's not something I have as much in front of me as you would think. But oh, have that. you ever heard of this uh, show coming out called The Wheel of Time? I, once or twice. Yeah. Um, I think we're doing a primer for that. I believe we are. So, yeah, the primer is going to be on Friday. That's going to come out. Um, so I'm really, really excited about that. And then what do we have coming after? Hang on. We have Raiders of the Lost Ark. Thank you. I'm pulling up the calendar. Um, and then there's going to be a, a little bit of a gap. Yeah, Just we're going to have some awkwardness a in gap. a couple of weeks or at the end of next week. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll have the wheel. Okay, I have it now. I apologize. I was unprepared for that. 
Wheel time primer on Friday. Raiders will be like a week from now at the start of next week. But mm -hmm. then Wheel of Time drops episodes one through three on November 19th. We're going to have our reviews on the 20th. I don't know how long or how many episodes or how we're going to break it up. We're just going to, we're going to try and make it just not me crying the whole time. Like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. like I, I'm going to be real and I need to discuss this with you a little bit further at length, but I kind of want to sit out the primer and just have like you and Ben talk. I can do that because Ben just finished. I can talk to him about. I know. And I want to so kind of go in this fresh and come at you guys with questions. So do you want to just go totally blind into episodes one through three know. where I do think Ben will be joining us? Well, let's see. So Scott yeah, may or may not out. come. Um, but we are, the primer is going to be everything that you guys need to know going into this. Um, it's going to be like spoiler rating of like orange, like, like slight, like maybe spoiler some, rating Delta. Yeah. A little bit. We're going to be at a, as a little bit of spoilers. I'm going to explain a little bit of like the backstory, um, that leads us up to where we are, but yeah, Ben's going to come. I'll talk to yeah we'll figure out if he's coming on for the primer I think he's for sure yeah. going to come on for the first three episodes and we will have those all out to you on Saturday as soon as possible we're going to get up and just do that on Saturday which I'm really excited about and then um, then we won't have a new episode out until the following Friday for um, Return of the Jedi so then we'll do weekly Wheel of Time from then on and it's just going to be the best like month of my life up to Christmas Eve and I can't wait <laughs> and I'm so glad that everyone's going to be here with us for it and so tune in on Friday for the primer um, and if you guys want to guest spot on the show, if you have feedback, if you have thoughts, if we are just talking out of our assholes and you want to correct us, send us an email at gobehindthetimeline at gmail.com. You can check us out on Instagram at gobehindthetimeline, at Twitter at behindtimeline, and uh, do send us feedback. We love to hear from you guys. We'll totally read it out. Yeah. What else do we think Mary Poppins might be? Let us oh know. Just... Gobehindthetimeline at gmail.com. Yeah, everyone just spend your Sunday night thinking about that and what way might Mary Poppins enter your fandoms. And uh, until then, with the, on the, on the ter terrifying note, stay nerdy. See you guys. Yeah.